Hello and welcome to the Hill and Valley. This is Nick Roby once again. Thanks so much for joining us. Super fun show to talk about today. I know we've been off for a couple of weeks, but excited to get back with y'all. So we're going to highlight the game that just happened with Clemson and Notre Dame. Notre Dame was number 15 in the country coming in at 7-2 and two on the year. And Clemson was kind of stumbling in, coming in at 4-4. Four and four. So Notre Dame was favored by three points in this matchup. And I think a lot of people were expecting that Notre Dame to take care of business. Business And even though Death Valley is a hard place to play, I think a lot of people were still picking Notre Dame. I did see that on one sports book that this was the most bet game of the week. And a lot of people were picking Notre Dame minus three. So there was a lot of supposedly money riding on this game too. And I'm sure if as a Clemson fan, you've seen this, but of course you kind of have to mention like the radio show um, from Tiger Calls where Tyler from Spartanburg calls in and Dabble defends himself. And that's been national, you know, talk (laughs) in college football world all week. So we don't have to really get into that, but I think just there's a lot going into this game. You had injuries, a lot of frustration with Clemson, a lot of just all hands on deck kind of a feel and just very interested to see like what this game would look like coming into this for sure. And just, you don't know a whole lot of what you're going to get. And the thing with Clemson coming in and it's been this part of this whole season is just taking care of the ball because they can move the ball. It's just scoring in the red zone and not turning the ball over. I mean, you can't lead the nation in fumbles, you know? And so of course, you know, all our coaches are, coaches are going to say like you're one play away or a couple plays away, away, but you change those fumbles and it changes a lot of the course of stuff. And of course in football, I mean, you can say that a lot, but really for Clemson, I mean, if they can get over this, the turnover margin, it really makes a big difference and so many games are won and lost. And that's why Coach Sweeney really emphasizes that is that so many games are won and lost the turnover margin. And so coming into this and you knowing how Notre Dame likes to play, they have to hold the ball, run the ball. Uh, Estimate was going to get a lot of run, you know, with Hartman at quarterback. And so, you know, they like to hold on to the ball, run it. And so you have, you know, you have to take care of the ball and then score when you have opportunities. So just very interested to see how this would play out. And I thought, I mean, Cool performance. I I think the performance on Saturday is what something that I was really hoping to see for a long time. And it just seemed like more of the Clemson that I'm used to watching a little bit for the past few years. And we're just we have that just it started to feel like you could feel that momentum really going. And really, this is something that you can hopefully expect them to build on top of. So Clemson ends up winning 31 to 23 over number 15 Notre Dame. And they really were in control, I would say, most of the game. And it just – they came out and put the put on the medal. They held Notre Dame to a field goal opening out. And, of course, also the crazy part is, is before we get into the breakdown of all the scoring, you had so many injuries. I think that was the thing. It just was like, what kind of week are we having? It's just kind of one of those weeks where, like, you have the radio call, you have national people talking about Davo and all this other stuff. Like, is he still in touch with stuff? And – you know, all the transfer portal, yada, yada. Like, I mean, as a fan, if you've heard that, I, it's just same story, different chapter kind of thing. And then you've got injury, Shipley's out. You've got, I mean, three defensive backs are out. You've got guys banged up. Klubnik apparently was in a boot, you know, for a few days of the week. Tyler Brown didn't take any reps apparently during the week. Um, 
all this other stuff. It just it got to the point where like you have a different offensive line, you got a freshman that ends up starting a different shuffling pieces around. It's just kind of one of those days where you're like, man, like, I mean, it's it's next man up, but which is you just didn't know. And just then they played inspired football. They played really, really well. And it just felt like more of a unit. And Phil Moffa, man, I mean, what a performance from him. I mean, what a breakout performance he had. I mean, a career day is an understatement. The dude who's played with his hair on fire. And also the offensive line was very impressive, especially for, for some pieces they've had to move around. Those guys played the best they've played all year. I mean, there wasn't a penalty called on them all day. Like, no penalties were called. It's the first time since, I think, 1952. Now, it wasn't a highly penalized game, but, I mean, it was just very impressive for especially for a unit that had some pieces moved around, you know? And, like, Tate was out with a MCL, and then um, yeah, somebody else was out with, with an ACL as well, um, Koval, Koval, the defensive back. And just very impressive. So, Phil Moffat gets the 41-yard touchdown run. Long of the season, you know, and just very impressive. Just the whole open up and the way he hit the lanes. I thought he did a really good job. And he carried the ball 36 times. And I mean, he got blows, but he was the he was the all-purpose back down there. Like, he was the guy. And he just didn't seem like it seems like that's something he has done a lot. And it just was so impressive to watch and just the blocking and the execution. So you get that, and then they go down and then the fumble on the punt and then the gunner does an excellent job or the long snapper does an excellent job. He, we get the f- fumble back and we score a field goal and it's like Clemson is able to, to go and score themselves off of a turnover, which is very impressive. And I thought really too, what was really big is that nerding was able to move the ball a little bit, but is that they were holding the defense, the defense is holding the Tigers in or holding the Tiger defense was holding Notre Dame to field goals in the red zone. And that's massive because that kind of a difference is a big point differential. I mean, at halftime, you're looking at a one possession game versus multiple possessions. And I just thought they did an excellent job, you know, holding them to field goals. Tyler Brown just made an excellent play across the middle. He gets in the end zone. And then you're up 17 to six. And then, Jeremiah Trotter had just an amazing, excellent day on the defensive end. And he's really been been a quiet leader of this team for sure. But the past few weeks, I think he's been more vocal and just, you could tell with his leadership, him and Barrett Carter, it's just been very impressive. And he was all over the place, man. I mean, he had the pick six. He read Hartman really well, cut off the out route, and then ran it back for a touchdown and turning points (laughs) into points is Clemson, feels like Clemson's been down seven, nothing, you know, and the whole time, just from, you know, before the game even starts. And so you, you go up there and then going to the half, you're up 20, 24 to nine and you get the ball back. It just was very impressive. And, you know, and you still have the turnover and I don't, it's hard to blame that on Cade. I mean, it just hit Bo Collins in the hands. And I think Bo would say he should have had that. And that ends up being a pick and they punch it in. But I thought the response was really well from this team. And even when those kind of things happen, even when an interception happens or like things don't all the way click, I thought the response was really well. So the drive they had back and Phil Moffa scores again 
I thought that really set the tone because it's 2416 and, and you could feel like, okay, is this a shift in momentum? Like, is this a shift in the half? And I thought they did really well and bouncing back and having really good drives. And Sam Hartman, um, maybe didn't have his like best day for sure. I mean, he's very agile in the pocket and you could tell him being like a, a veteran, like fifth year guy, how much, even when the guy's is not there, the play's not there, he's able to extend the play. And so they did let some busted coverages happen, but I thought they did a really good job limiting him. And then especially limiting SMA in the second half defensively. I mean, I thought the defense played a really good game against a tough, a tough defense, uh, a tough offense to play, especially with how, how well Notre Dame played at home last year in South Bend and how much they controlled the clock and controlled the line of scrimmage and all those things. I mean, and Joel, all a left tackle is going to be like probably a first rounder, you know, and how those guys played well. And you had, I thought it was really cool to see some of the defensive tackles play out wide. And that's how Hartman was able to get some of his plays, you know, running on the outside. But I thought those guys played really well. XT, Xavier Thomas had a great game. Um, I thought just getting a lot of pressure and making Hartman a little bit uncomfortable. You had um, Rook and Tyler Davis, and those guys played really well up the middle and and did a good job on the outside. And I thought just that pressure and really made Notre Dame uncomfortable all day long. I thought it was really good. The offense just looked a little bit, going back to the offense, too, the offense looked like a little bit more comfortable in what they were doing. You know, especially after, you have to remember, too, after all this, guys, it's after the Notre Dame game, or Notre Dame, we're playing Notre Dame, but after the NC State game, and with NC State, just you're down 24-7, and just it's not going well. You throw a pick six, just to kind of hand it to them, and just all these kind of things are going wrong. And I really thought that they played a pretty pretty good game all the way around. Offensive line got the best push they've gotten all year, you know? And receivers are making some plays, and... Sage Ennis had a big, big play. Uh, Stellato had a good catch. Bo Collins had a, had a bounce back and had some a few good catches. A good complimentary team for sure. I mean, Thomas played great in, as the third third string running back coming in, gotten getting some good blows from Moffa, but and Moffa of course had a master game. I thought Cade looked more comfortable. I think that was the thing. He looked more comfortable in his decision making and taking what it was given to him and being in more command of the offense. And even with Shipley out, who does help with a lot of the calls, and I thought that they 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 kind of got through that in the first half. And it's it stalled out a little bit more in the second half, but I really thought that the offense looked overall a little bit more comfortable. And you could see some of the different routes that Riley was wanting to get in in play. So I thought the team played really well um overall. I mean, it's you know, winning's hard. Winning is really hard. And as Clemson fans have seen the past few weeks, it, it can be really tough. So just wanting to pull up some stats and just wanting to talk through that a little bit as my stuff is still trying to load. But yeah, overall, I mean, I thought it was a great, great game. And of course, there's things you're going to want to look at and make different. But I thought, thought great game. Um, Moffa was 36 from 186 and two touchdowns. I mean, career high. He tied the Clemson record. He tied a Clemson record for uh, rush attempts. Like, I think there was three guys now who have 36 carries. I mean, it's incredible what he was doing. So he had 30, yeah, 36 for 186, two touchdowns. 
Cade, you know, was only th- he was 13 to 26 for 109. And, you know, Notre Dame was trying to take that away. And, you know, Clemson just really relied. I mean, Moff was working. Like, you know, like, let's just use what's working. So he played really well, had the touchdown uh, to Tyler Brown. Bo Collins ended up with the lead, which is 37 receptions. Stilato had 27. Age, and Sage Ennis had the 18-yard reception. Burning still had a 13 yards. Tyler Brown had the touchdown. Uh, Dominique Thomas was three of 16 as well. So nothing crazy other than the mop up, but I mean, you didn't really have to do it. And I think that was the thing is that it wasn't that the offense was necessarily putting all these numbers together, but is that they were capitalizing on what was given to them. And I think that's the big thing. It just became such a field position kind of a battle, even for that kind of a high score. They had, the, the defense held Hartman. He was only 13 of 30. 146 yards and two interceptions. Esme had a good a good game, 17 for 87 and a touchdown. But in the second half, they really held him down. And his touchdown was off of, you know, off of the interception. That way they went down to the two-yard line and they punched right in. So it's, it's hard to even blame on, on the defense. Hartman had 68 rushing yards in the touchdown. So, you know, you'd want to see that a little bit better. But, I mean, receiving-wise, you know, Flores for them had 35 yards. Esme had 33 Faison had 32, Tyree had 29. I mean, nothing, nothing crazy, especially with how pass, pass happy offenses are now. And, and they're a running team for sure. But I mean, it this is a good Notre Dame team. And the way that they play was just really well. So overall, very impressed. Um Trotter had 11 tackles, two sacks, two and a half for losses at the interception pick six. I mean, excellent game for him. So just at Great, great performance. And now, and also, too, I, I don't want to miss out. Aiden Swanson, the punter, had an excellent day. I mean, the dude just, especially in the second half in the fourth quarter, I mean, every time Notre Dame was starting within their 15-yard line. And so the defense could play with their hair on fire. And, I mean, he just kept pinning Notre Dame deep after deep. I mean, I, I felt like every time, you know, you look up and Notre Dame gets the ball back, but they're getting on the 10, the 7, the 14. I mean, that's a lot for an offense to have to go, especially when their passing game isn't working as well as they would like to. It was, it was massive. It was massive for the first, especially with this defense giving a lot more confidence. And so I just thought, and then the coverage team, I thought they did just did really well. So very impressive overall from this Clemson unit. Uh, first downs, Notre Dame at thirteen, Clemson at nineteen. They held Notre Dame to three of thirteen on third down, only three hundred twenty-nine yards total. Clemson only had two hundred eighty-five, so it wasn't like a crazy offensive game, but they did just enough, and they were in control, which I thought was the big thing. Uh, Notre Dame had one hundred forty-six passing, one hundred eighty-three rushing. Clemson had a one hundred nine passing, but they had seven hundred seventy-six rushing and uh, four point one a clip. Notre Dame had. Uh, five penalties for 40 yards. And like I said, Clemson didn't have any penalties. Clemson won the turnover battle three to two. So uh, just an excellent overall game. And I really think, you know, as going forward from this, this can be a really momentum builder because, you know, I think a lot of people were expecting, you know, you kind of expect Clemson to lose this one and be four and five. And you're like hoping to make a bowl game and hoping to be seven and five. And now when you look at this, now Clemson's five and four. And I know team, you know, the team won't necessarily look at this like they're gonna be okay, we're just on Georgia Tech. But there's a lot 
a momentum, a lot left to play for. And a lot for this is, I mean, it has some older guys, but there's a lot of young pieces that are getting some valuable opportunity. And now you've got defense that defenses that Clemson is going to play. You can run this, like you can run this offense and, and be successful. I think pretty successful because Georgia tech has been known to give up points. Notre Dame, I mean, North Carolina is going to give up points and both those games are at home. And then you go on the road at South Carolina, but I mean, South Carolina has been struggling themselves. And so, I mean, they just won their third game, but they had to beat Jacksonville state at home. I mean, it was a tie ball game in the third quarter, you know, as a 14 point favorite. So get their third win. So it's not like anything crazy. And you know that, I mean, their offensive line has some struggles. So Clemson's going to be able to rush the pass or I think at least get pressure. So that's going to be a very interesting game and interesting to see what kind of a team they're even playing with South Carolina with what's left for them. So I think there's a lot left to go. And so you you could run the table. I mean, there's a lot of ifs, you know, if and would it could have maybe, you know, but there's a lot left for this team to play for. You know, the 10 win streak game, winning streak, it, it, that's not going to be a thing. But however, you know, there's a lot left to play for. I mean, nine and four with a bowl game win, that, that's still, you know, from what everything this team has gone through, that's massive. You know, and I think just the turnaround from what this type of a game can show is big time. So, I mean, but at the same time, Georgia Tech has shown that they can score some points. North Carolina has shown that they can score some points. So, thankfully, those games are at home for the Tigers. But, I mean, you know, as they say, it's a one-game season. So, very interested to see with how they can build from momentum of this game into the next game and, and seeing, almost like in basketball, you see... You're starting to see things click, seeing the ball go through the hoop. Offense is starting to move. You can see some of that clicking and hoping Clemson's hoping that it's going to be more of a momentum shift as well, for sure. So again, I thought massive win. And and of course, too, <laughs> the crazy part is this is Dabo Sweeney's 166 win. He now goes ahead of Frank Howard for the all-time winningest coach in Clemson football history. So they've been sitting on that for a little bit, but they get the job done. And I know no one you know, his team is so happy to do it for him. And I know he, that's a, that's a tough, hard week, you know, a lot of self-reflection from the team and trying to figure out what, what's going to happen. And so a great performance and energy from the team this week. And I thought the crowd was great, especially for a new game with Notre Dame coming. There's a lot of Notre Dame fans, but I thought they did that really well. And uh, Georgia Tech next week will be again, ABC noon, so we had another noon kickoff, but they'll be wearing the all purple. They'll be ready to go, fired up. So we'll see. Be very interested to see that from there. So we'll we'll break down that game later this week. But I wanted to get some time for us to talk about their name, celebrate the win, um, or get to, to talk about the Clemson celebrating the win. I mean, they were dancing for forever, but which you know, well earned. And so Clemson's five and four, looking to play. Georgia Tech next week on Saturday at home, who's also 5-4. They'll be wearing the all-purple, like we said. So keep your eyes out for that. We'll, we'll break down that, that game later. But And if you're listening, too, and now we got also the start of basketball season. So that's exciting. We've got both the women and men basketball team. They play Winthrop on Monday. The women play 11-30 um, in Little John. And then the men play at 7 at seven. Yeah, they play at seven against Winthrop. So a good start for the season for them with a, a, a good opening test, you know, like Winthrop's got a good 
historic program. So it's a good to see them, you know, another, another South Carolina program, but good to see them and interesting to see how these pieces are coming together, especially for the men with Joe Girard and we're going to see, you know, loss of Hunter Tyson and kind of see how about all those kind of pieces shape up together. They had a good scrimmage against Newberry and excited to see the women play too with Amanda Butler and this team and team 49. I think this will be, a, they're going to be both fun teams to watch. So don't, don't sleep on them. If you're one of those fans who waits until maybe January or until ACC play to get into the basketball, I I wouldn't do that if I were you. I would really pay attention. I think it's me. They're both me fun teams to to keep your eye on. So that's going on this week. They both start their seasons. You got Georgia Tech this weekend and other games coming up. So that's it for now. I really appreciate y'all listening. Remember to like and subscribe. Uh, to the podcast, uh, leave a review if you can. We're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, you name it. We should be on it. And if we're not, let me know. I'd love to make sure we're on there. So once again, this is Nick Roby. Thank you so much for listening. And for now, we're signing off.